0: Before beginning with uh, our reading from scripture this morning, I wanted to thank James for filling in last week. Uh, James brought the message and I appreciate that. Uh, We were at Sacramento Methodist Assembly, our church camp up around Cloudcroft this past weekend. Uh, We had five elementary students and four adults go from St. Luke of probably 120 kids, something like that. There were probably 120 youth from around the conference or elementary age children from around the conference that went and probably 70 adults. And so it was a great weekend up at Sacramento. If you have not been to Sacramento in recent, in any time recently, I encourage you to go. They've got um, hotel-style lodging now in one dorm. Now you can still stay in the dorms with a bunch of smelly little boys, which is what I got to do. Um, but, you know, if you haven't been in a while, I mean, it's it's really so much nicer, and the food's excellent, and... I mean, they just have so much to do, but we learned, like Jackie said, in the children's time about how God calls all of us and how God wants all of us to be his church and to be his people as we share his message of faith and hope and truth and love and life with others. And so I just, um, you know, camp changes lives. That's where I heard my call to ministry, and that's some of my favorite memories with some of my best friends from church We're going to camp and, and causing trouble. And also worshiping and having a good time. And so um, it was just a great weekend. Also, I know some of you may have heard this past week, El Paso hosted annual conference, which is the meeting of our, our regional uh, unit of the church that meets annually. It was here in El Paso. It was over at the Wyndham Airport. We had a number of people that were there. Uh, Kirby uh, Cotton went and represents the church. Also, we have a second delegate now. So Mindy in the past has gone as an alternate. So she went and voted this year which meant she couldn't skip out like she used to be able to, Um, which is okay. Although then when she's there, then she makes me stay there, and I can't skip out like I usually do. Um, But it was just a great time. It's where uh, the church votes to to promote different ministry. It's where, as a church, we vote to to ordain people as pastors. It's where we celebrate people who have passed in the last year. And it's where we kind of just... um, you know, celebrate and share in some of the ministry that's happened in our area. And so, uh, so it was, it's good to be done. I felt kind of bad for those people that live in Santa Fe. You know, because right now their highs are 85 and they were here for our 107s. Um, but that's just what happens, isn't it? Uh, one neat thing that some of you may know, Chrissy Reeves. Chrissy was really good friends with Sonia. When Sonia was the youth director here at St. Luke, Chrissy was the youth director at Vista Isleta and she has now finished seminary. And has been commissioned a provisional elder, which means she starts kind of a trial time where she serves in a church for three years. And then three years from now, I'm sure we'll vote to ordain her and and celebrate her ministry. But that's a a personal uh, connection. You probably know Chrissy from her time here at St. Luke. Because when she was uh, youth director at Vista Isleta, I know uh, her and Sonia planned a lot of things together between your two youth groups. Our scripture this morning... Comes from the book of Numbers, verses twenty or chapters twenty-four two through twenty-four. I'm going to read the beginning of twenty-two, and then later in the sermon I'm going to reference some other portions from twenty-three and twenty-four. The Israelites marched and camped in the plains of Moab across the Jordan from Jericho. Balak, Zippor's son, saw everything that the Israelites did to the Amorites. The Moabites greatly feared the people, for they were so numerous. The Moabites were terrified of the Israelites. The Moabites said to the elders of Midian, Now this assembly will devour everything around us, as an ox eats up the grass in the field. Balak, Zippor's son, king of Moab at the time, he sent messengers to Balaam, Beor's son, at Pethor, which is by the river in the land of his people, to summon him. A people has come out of Egypt. They have covered the land. They have settled next to me. Now please come and curse this people for me, because they are stronger than I am. Perhaps I'll be able to destroy them and drive them from the land. For I know that whomever you bless is blessed, and whoever you curse is cursed. So the elders of Moab and Midian went with the payment for divination in their hands They came to Balaam and told him Balak's words. He said to them, spend the night here and I'll bring back to you a word exactly as the Lord speaks to me. So the officials stayed. God came to Balaam and said, who are these men with you? Balaam said to God, Moab's king Balak, Zippor's son, sent them to me with the message. A people has come out of Egypt and covered the land. Now come and curse them for me. Perhaps I'll be able to fight against them and drive them out. God said to Balaam, Don't go with them. Don't curse the people, because they are blessed. Then Balaam arose in the morning and said to Balak's officials, Go to your land, for the Lord has refused to allow me to go with you. The officials of Moab arose. They went back to Balak and said, Balaam refused to come. Balak continued to send other officials more numerous and important than these. They came to Balaam and said to him, This is what Balak, Zippor's son, says. Please let nothing hold you back from coming to me, for I'll greatly honor you, and I'll do anything you ask of me. Please come and curse this people for me. Balaam answered and said to Balak's servants, if Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I wouldn't be able to do anything small or great to break the command of the Lord my God. Now you also must remain the night so that I may know what else the Lord says to me. God came to Balaam in the night and said to him, If the men have come to summon you, arise and go with them, but you must only do what I tell you to do. So Balaam arose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the officials of Moab. Then God became angry, because he went. So while he was riding on his donkey, accompanied by servants, the Lord's messenger stood in the road as an adversary, The donkey saw the Lord's messenger standing in the road with his sword drawn in hand. So the donkey turned from the road and went into the field. Balaam struck the donkey in order to turn him back onto the road. Then the Lord's messenger stood in the narrow path between vineyards with a stone wall on each side. When the donkey saw the Lord's messenger, it leaned against the wall and squeezed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he continued to beat it. The Lord's messenger persisted and crossed over and stood in a narrow place where it wasn't possible to turn either right or left. The donkey saw the Lord's messenger and lay down underneath Balaam. Balaam became angry and beat the donkey with his rod. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and it said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you've beaten me these three times? Balaam said to the donkey, Because you've tormented me, if I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you. The donkey said to Balaam, And am I not your donkey on whom you have often ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? Balaam said, No. Then the Lord uncovered Balaam's eyes, and Balaam saw the Lord's messenger standing in the road with his sword drawn in his hand. He bowed low and worshipped. The Lord's messenger said to him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come out here as an adversary because you took the road recklessly in front of me. The donkey saw me. And turned away from me these three times. If it hadn't turned away, I would have killed you and let it live. Balaam said to the Lord's messenger, I've sinned. Because I didn't know that you were standing against me in the road. Now if you think it's wrong, I'll go back. The Lord's messenger said to him, Go with the men, but don't say anything. Say only that which I tell you. So Balaam went with Balak's officials. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning we're continuing our look at some of the people from the Bible that have an important role or they show us something about God or in their experience we learn something from them. These are people whose stories are there and we read them and they're important but then we continue to read the Bible and we don't see them referenced anywhere else or talked about. A few weeks ago we looked at the story of Philemon. Philemon was an early Christian. He was a leader in the church of Colossae. And we know of him because Paul wrote a letter to him encouraging him or exhorting him to welcome an escaped slave named Onesimus back without punishment. Because Onesimus has become a brother in Christ. In that letter Paul redefines what it means to be a member of Christian fellowship. And in relationship with one another. We've looked at the story of Ruth and seen how Ruth shows us what it means to be faithful and dedicated. And offer ourselves in selfless service to others. We've looked at Samson and seen how God continues to use us to fulfill his purpose and his will. Even if we fall short of what God wants us to do. See God's will still had to be achieved and accomplished even after Samson had done things that he wasn't to do. And we looked at Hagar's story from the book of Genesis, and we saw a story of how God continues to use us to fulfill His promises to us, even when we ourselves feel like we've been set aside by God. Last week, James preached a sermon on the blind man from the Gospel of John, a man who received his sight from Jesus as he witnessed and experienced the miraculous healing of the Son of God. This morning we're reading from Balaam's story. I have to be honest with you, it's kind of a different story. It's one that I not, was not very familiar with. You know, at one point I, I had subscribed to this comic book collection. I'm not a comic book reader, so um, I don't know why I did it, but anyway. Um, it was this up-and-coming comic book artist. that They were going to start a biblical line of comic books. And so each quarter, every three months or something, I got, you know, a comic book in the mail. And there were only four of them, so it shows how many people subscribed. Unfortunately, not very many. Um, but one of them was on the story of Balaam. You know, and I got this comic book, and I'd read this story before, but, you know, sometimes seeing things really helps you to think more about it. And so as I read this comic, I thought, man, this story is Interesting. Because it's in this story that God is working and choosing to work through someone who's not even an Israelite. He's not part of the Israelite community. He's not married into Israel. I mean, there's really nothing about him that would show that that he is in favor with God or that he's even part of Israel. Yet in his story, we see how God uses him. How God uses him in a positive way. See, that's unusual, because he's someone who should have been an adversary to the people of Israel. In fact, he would have been if if God would have allowed him to go and do the things that Balak, king of Moab, requested him to do. But for whatever way, or in whatever way, Balaam had discovered who God was. He discovered who God was, probably not knowing that He was the God of Israel, but knowing that He was the all-power and the uh, all-powerful, and he was the God who, who chose to be relationship with His people, and he confessed that the power of God was greater than any of the power that He himself had. But you know, the story begins with Israel, with the people of Israel and how God chooses to use this man to point our eyes to the blessing that they've received to the blessing of the people of Israel as God protects them and watches over them and keeps them from from receiving uh, this curse, whatever that would be. From this, in my mind, I think like a witch doctor or something, a seer, a diviner, of someone who could do and, and say things that maybe we just don't even understand. But it begins with Israel. The same Israel that's wandering through the wilderness because they have become too numerous and the Egyptians started enslaving them. You know, that's just like what the Moab king says, Balak. They've become too numerous. They're too strong for us. We can't conquer them. And they've come to the camp across from the the Jordan River from Jericho. And the Moabites are looking out across this valley and they're seeing this vast expanse of people. And the scripture says that they feared. They feared the Israelites because they were so many. They feared the Israelites because they had seen what they had done to the Amorites. They feared the Israelites because they knew. And so their king decided that something else was needed besides physical battle to defeat them. And so emissaries were sent to this Pethor... To the home of this man named Balaam that I think it's funny in the scripture. It says, Balaam son of Beor. I don't know who Beor is. But he was promised great wealth. He was promised power. He was promised all sorts of things to go. And to curse the people of Israel. You know, in the way Balaam can be an example for us in one way. Because he took the time to discern what God was wanting of him. Because what did Balaam say? He said, give me a night. Stay here a night. I want you to stay here with me while I spend the night listening to what God would want of me. And so the next morning, Balaam was able to go to those emissaries and say, no. The Lord said, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed so the emissaries are sent away, and another group, even higher in importance and rank and wealth and everything else, come bearing even greater gifts in order to tempt him to come curse Israel. Again, Balaam sought counsel of God. Yet this time God said, if they're here to bring you, go. But you'll only say what I tell you to say, and you will only do what I tell you to do. And so Balaam went. See, part of me wonders if he went, thinking that once he got there, he would be able to curse Israel. Because part of me thinks in his human nature, like many of us, when faced with with opportunity for great riches or wealth or power or whatever else he had been offered, part of me thinks that he was thinking, you know, I'll get there and then I'll be able to do it and I'll get what I want. And I'll be able to to fulfill what I've been asked to do and then I'll go back to my home wealthier and better off. Except that's not how the story went. Because the scriptures say that he rode recklessly ahead of the Lord. He rode recklessly, without thought, without concern, without care, without guidance, without anything else. Whatever else you think when you think of someone uh, working or living recklessly. And it's only because he listened to his donkey that he was spared. A donkey that as he rode through the vineyard, the animal balked and went off the trail. And so he beat him and got him back on the trail. A donkey that saw the angel of the Lord standing there with a sword drawn and and it was in between two walls. And so he leaned to one side and Balaam beat him. In order to keep it moving forward. A donkey that saw this angel of the Lord. When they were in a place where there was nowhere else to turn or go. And so the animal just laid down in the trail. And Balaam beat it. Until God opened the animal's mouth. And the animal said, why are you beating me? What have I ever done to you? And then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw. He saw the angel and the angel said, I come to oppose you for your path is reckless because you're only allowed to do that which the Lord permits. Your path is reckless. You know, it's interesting for me that the scripture that, that I've, we're reading it on this day of Pentecost is we talk about the guiding power of the Holy Spirit. And as we know that God's Spirit comes to us and guides us and directs us, And hopefully at times stops us when we're being reckless. When we're being reckless because I pray that God can help me to stop before I make choices or do things that cause me to be reckless. To get further from Him, to get further from my family, to to do the things that are going to not bring me health or life or goodness. See, He was opposed because His path was a reckless one. And it's through God's Spirit that we're guided from reckless paths. If we're willing, if we're able, if we make ourselves available to see. See, the story continues and, and Balaam goes with, with Balak to this mountain called the Mountain of Baal that overlooks the valley where the Israelites are camped. And as they look, and Balak says, now curse them. So that when you curse them, they will be weakened. And my army will be able to move against them. And we'll be able to drive them out of here. And so Balaam tells him, build seven altars. And on each altar, sacrifice an ox and whatever else. And we'll offer them to the Lord and then I will curse them. And so they build the altars and and the, the sacrifices go up. The smoke is rising to God. And Balaam is unable to curse Israel. And instead he blesses them. The first time he blesses them with land. May the Lord bless you as you move into the land that you've been given. They go to another spot as Balak is angry. And they build seven more altars and do it again. And Balaam blesses them again. They go to a third set of altars and offer sacrifices. And again they're blessed as Balaam blesses them. Blesses who they are recognizes the blessing that they have received from God and the covenant that was made with Abraham. And Balak is furious. Until eventually, they didn't go to any other place. Balak told him that that he failed, basically, and that he was to go. And Balaam said, I am unable to curse those whom the Lord has blessed. See, he was unable to act against God or against the people of Israel, because he acknowledged the power of God. He was unable to act because he recognized God's power, he recognized God's might, he recognized the omnipotence of God, he recognized that the God of Israel was God, and in being God, it was impossible for him to curse Israel. But see, you know, the whole reason that that happened the whole reason that he didn't move against God and do the things that that he was planning to do, the reason that God placed the angel in his path because he was living recklessly was because he chose to listen to the donkey. You know, he listened to the one that he was least expected to hear from. I don't know if my dog's ever going to start talking to me, but I know that there are people in my life that I don't expect to hear words of faith or wisdom or blessing from. But he heard in his life from that one. Because the Lord opened its mouth and he listened. He listened to this unexpected person and thing in his life, to this unexpected that he was faced with. He listened, and in his listening, he was able to accomplish the work of God. But it's because he listened. You know it's so often we face life not listening. Because there's so much noise in our lives. There's so many things that we hear. So many, you know, just... We're overloaded with information that it's hard for us to listen sometimes. To listen to our friends. To listen to our family. To listen to acquaintances or people that we hardly know. Especially to receive the words of blessing that they bring to us. As Balaam had to do. As Balaam chose to do. And as God used him... As God used him to bless the people of Israel. See, he was used to bless them, not to curse them, not to set them back, not to weaken them, not to do any of the things that Balak wanted. But because he listened, the curses became blessings. His actions against Israel became actions for Israel, all because he listened to the word of the Lord to the donkey, to the one that was barely known to him, to the one that wouldn't have spoken, to the one that shouldn't have spoken. But he listened. Which, you know, makes me think, how often are we willing to listen to the donkeys in our lives, to the people that we overlook, to the people that we just pass by, to the people that maybe we don't always feel are the ones to bring us that. See, in the first service, I was thinking about, you know, a time in my life when maybe I've listened to someone or received a word of blessing from someone that I didn't expect. You know, and just a month ago, when Mindy and I drove to Clovis to, um, to meet the church, um, we, were dri- we had stopped in Roswell. And we were filling up the car at the Sam's Club. And I was towing a trailer that is, is owned by the New Church Start uh, on the east side here of El Paso, Ecclesia Church. It's a United Methodist church that's starting and, and my friend Max is the pastor and Ekklesia, E, let me spell it, hold on. E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A is Greek for community. And so we're pulled up and, and Mindy's in the car and I'm filling up and the, the Sam's gas station attendant comes walking over and he said, what is this? This E, Ekla. and I told him, you know, it's Ekklesia, it's community. You know, we're moving churches and, and we're, just on our way back from meeting the church, and he said, oh, well, then I need to pray with you right now. Okay. <laughs> and so he, uh, we prayed right there next to the gas station pump as I was filling up the car. But see, it was because we were will- I was willing to listen. You know, so often, I don't know about you, but I don't pay attention to other people when I'm doing things like that. I'm not aware, I mean, I'm aware, I'm looking, I'm making sure that nothing bad's happening, but, you know, I'm not connecting with people in such a way that I might receive the blessing that God has placed in their lives for me. Just like if I'm not willing or or able to pay attention to them, then I'm repressing the blessing that God has put in me to offer them. Words of hope, words of grace, words of life. Words of encouragement, words of, of prayer, maybe even words of, of accountability. But you know, Balaam's story, we have to be willing to listen to the donkeys in our lives. To the people that we pass by, to the people that we don't want to. We have to be willing to, to acknowledge that when God chooses to speak, He chooses to speak through the people that He wants to use. Not the people that I want them to use. And when God puts a word of blessing in my life through the Holy Spirit. You know he puts it in me so that I can bless who he wants me to bless. Not the person that I feel is the one that should receive it. And so on this day I pray that we might be aware of those in our lives that God places before us and around us of those that we don't normally listen to because God may be bringing a message to us through them. Just as he brought a message to Balaam through a four-legged animal that probably smelled bad. Because Balaam listened, he was able to become a person of blessing. Not a person who carried a curse, but a person who offered life. And a person who, in a way, encouraged the people of Israel without them even knowing it. But it was all because he listened. And I pray that through God's Spirit our ears may be open. So that we may listen to the words of others. And so that we ourselves may be aware of the times that he wants us. To offer a word of blessing, of life, and of encouragement to other people. Amen. Is As we prepare the table for Holy Communion. Would you join us as we sing to prepare our hearts and minds for this meal that Christ offers us this